Hey guys, good to see you. How cool is it? We made it happen. This Texan, Mexican, Texican is in Ohio. Woo! <clears throat> Crossed that off of my bucket list yesterday. I was like, boom! Made it over here. It, it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I've enjoyed it so much. Can you just show your love for your pastors? Yeah. We love you guys. And, and really, the whole team, everybody. I mean, everybody has made me feel so welcome. I am honored to be here. It is, it is cool to be able to hang out with you today. I've heard so much about you, and it's, it's all good. Don't worry. Come on now. Chill, chill. It's all good, and, and now I get to meet you, and we get to do my favorite thing, which is look at God's Word. It is, it is so fun to be able to do that. So uh, let's, just, let's just pray and ask God to speak to us and, and get in the, in the right mindset for what we're going to do. Jesus, thank you for my friends. Thank you that we can have conversations like this, Lord. And it's not just today, but Lord, this has been a whole series of us opening up our minds and hearts to you to get all that you have for us. Speak to us today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In 2015, I found myself in my truck a 2006, which was new to me. It was, it was, it was a, a 2006 Dodge Ram 1500, you know, with the sidebar that helps those of us that aren't vertically gifted to get into this truck. I'm in Texas. You have to have a truck. You have to have a truck in Texas. And I'm sitting in my truck, and you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to fight off a panic attack. I had the truck, I had the house, I had the wife, I had the 2.5 kids, almost, I mean, two kids at the time. We have four now, by the way. And you might ask, you know, how did you get there? And the truth is, is we're not close enough yet, so I don't know why you're asking that. But I'll tell you anyway, because I like you. A couple of weeks before, me and Lindsay were sitting on our back patio Lindsay's my wife, just so if you're taking notes. And we had just finished the takedown. I know some of you parents, you put your kids down. You know, you just, you know, tuck them in, say goodnight. We take our kids down. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like SmackDown, just a level under that. We just finished that. We're breathing. And I'm out there, you know, honestly struggling. But thinking that my wife couldn't notice and couldn't see. She leans over, puts her hand on me, and says, Hey, Peter, uh, when was the last time you took your depression checklist? And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever had a question from someone in your life where you're not sure if they really have the question or if the question is just so that you can get to the answer of it. Okay? Have you ever had somebody? You might have got it from a parent or a spouse or a teacher, coach, mentor. But I couldn't avoid it. And I have committed to not lie to my wife. So I said, you know what? Um, I've never taken it. And that was a realization for me because usually I like to practice what I teach. I just had never taken my own depression checklist that I give almost every day to people. And it was a realization. And I knew that at that moment, I needed to get this right. So I ran inside, left the patio, got my phone, took the checklist, and lo and behold, my checklist thought that I was depressed. 
And, and we use these checklists, which if you like checklists, if you want to know the checklist that I'm talking about, I'll give it to you tonight. But you got to come to the mental health workshop. See what I did there? Doesn't everybody just want to have a depression checklist in their back pocket like me? I'm serious. It's good. I'll give you one for anxiety and one for trauma too. But I knew that these are just for self-awareness and self-evaluation. I needed to get an opinion from a counselor. And then, so what I did was I made an appointment, and that's where I was in my truck. My appointment was in 15 minutes, and I saw these people going in for their counseling sessions coming out, and I was already a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. And I felt like if I went in there and somebody saw me, that I was going to lose my career. What were people going to think if there's a counselor that doesn't have his own stuff together? And I was already thinking in my mind of how I could kind of play it off if somebody saw me. It was like, Peter, what are you doing here? I was already thinking in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I'll just, I'll be like, you know, uh, this counselor, he's, he's just, it's like a mentor. I just needed like, you know, just some encouragement. Um, your accent has to change when you're lying. So it's like, you just need some like encouragement and stuff. And then I was like, I can't do that because I've already committed to not lie to people. So I was like, I'm just I'm getting my mind right. I'm like, if they, if they ask me, I'm just going to be like, I have issues and I need a counselor. But I've, I've never felt this war inside of me so strong as I did in that moment. Because I was saved, I knew Jesus, and me and Jesus had been walking with each other for a long time, and there was so much healing that the Lord had done inside of me, but this was now that next step, and I was saved, and I was trained, but I was not transformed. And I opened that door, and I went in that counselor's office, and I sat in that chair, and I was a mere mortal not a licensed professional counselor, but I said, I'm submitting to you. And I told my whole story for the first time in my life. I had told details, but no one had ever heard all of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm not saying that everybody needs counseling or everybody needs coaching. I'm saying that every one of us could get to a point where the Lord could lead us in that. And that's what a series like this is about, is already tilling your heart. Because I had already made a decision that if the Lord ever asked me to go, I was going to go. And it was still hard. Because some of you might have mental illness, some of you might have mental issues, but those are the only types of people there are. You either have mental illness or you have mental issues. And some of you are like, come on, Peter, like we just started this relationship and you're already telling me, coming at me, bro, saying that I have issues. All of us have issues. Adam and Eve in the garden, they had some issues. Satan attacked the mind, started lying to them. But we all have mental health. And whether you have mental illness or mental issues, That's beside the point right now. The point is, is that you have mental health. Just your mental health can be low or your mental health can be high. 
So what I want to talk to you about is how God can bring about a process, regardless of whether where you are on the spectrum. But we have to go to God's word. So I want you to look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 with me. If you have it, let's read it. Verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So here's our big statement from that, and then we're going to unpack it. Taking charge of your mental health is the best way to transform your life. The way that Paul talks about it, he talks about it as if we have options. He's saying, I urge you. I mean, this is like homeboys on bended knees saying, I urge you. I'm begging you. Strong emphasis on all of the syllables. He's just coming at you saying, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, let me be very clear. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for your salvation, but you are the living sacrifice for transformation. And you can't get it twisted. I'm not saying you have to be transformed in order to make it to heaven. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, just hold on, listen in on this conversation, because I think you might want to start a relationship with him today. But there's a difference between accepting Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice and recognizing that God wants you as a living sacrifice. You don't have to die like Jesus did on the cross. You offer your body as a living sacrifice to him. And this is what worship is. So our first idea here that I want to give you is that you can set the context for change with surrender. It has to start with surrender. My process at different points, there are these moments where you have to surrender to God. And when we surrender to God, we show him that we're worshiping him. And what's interesting is that worship is not something that only Christian people, Jesus-loving people do. Everybody worships. You don't have an option on whether you worship, whether Texan accent right there. Probably more Texican. On whether you worship, no. You have an option on who or what you worship. Some of you worship your spouse. Some of you worship your kids. Some of you worship at the lake or the beach or in the forest on a hike. Some of you worship your job. Some of you worship your wallet or your bank account. Whatever it is, you are worshiping. And for God to do his transformational work in you, you have to surrender and say, I'm going to worship you and you alone. You're choosing what you worship. Some of you could worship yourself. You're going to worship in life. And if you look at what Paul says next, is he says that there are patterns of this world and you have to make a conscious choice. You have to choose not to conform to the patterns of this world. 
This world has options for you. There are patterns that are there. The word of conform, it comes from confirmation. And it's this idea of, of like, if you had a, a, a rectangle cookie sheet, and you had a heart cookie cutter, and you take that cookie cutter and you press it down on the cookie sheet, and that rectangle becomes a heart. That's conformation. There's a pattern, and you're conforming it when you press the cookie cutter down. That's what Paul is. He, he has an idea of a mold. You're taking a mold, and you're pressing that down. This world has molds. It can take you, and you can cram yourself into its molds and think that that's what success is, that's what significance is, that's what health looks like. But that's not what we were made for. We're having to cram ourselves into that. And that contrasted with transformation, which is if I had a cookie and I could push a cookie cutter down and that heart-shaped cookie would eventually become a cardiovascular system that can pump blood and that I could put inside someone that needs a heart transplant. That is, that's the range of difference between confirmation and transformation is it completely changes its essence. That's what God is trying to do inside of us. But you have to choose not to conform. Do you know the patterns that you tend to conform to? Because the enemy does. And there's something that you can conform to. When I was... A little kid, I don't even remember how old I was, but I I was abused by a male family member. And the way that that confirmation happened to me is that I believed that I was the one who perpetrated the abuse. I thought that I was the one that did that to the person who abused me. And so I lived in guilt. I was so afraid That my parents would find out. My parents were amazing people. They loved me. They would have helped me. We've talked about it since. But the very people that could have helped me the most were the ones that I wanted to keep this secret from the most. Because I felt that guilt. I was afraid anytime we passed or saw a police officer, I was so concerned that someone was going to find out what I did and arrest me and take me to jail or prison. Confirmation. I was, I was, I mean, I was a little kid. No one had to tell me that the abuse was wrong. It's built inside of us to know that that's wrong. But that's what this world and the enemy will do is he will take a truth like I was abused and say, and it was my fault. He'll take a truth and he'll attach a lie to the end of it because it's like uh, medicine for your dog wrapped in peanut butter. It's like you don't know that it's there. And so it's like, this is true. There's no denying that the trauma happened in your life, but then this lie that gets attached to it makes the whole thing feel true. I also have a learning difficulty called dyslexia. And I struggled to read, and it was very, very difficult for me to read. I could memorize the alphabet, and I could memorize some words, but something was not clicking in my brain. And people would be like, what? 
Can't you read? Are you stupid? And in my mind, I would never say it out loud. And I would lie and tell people that I could read and that everything was fine. And I, would, and I had to cheat to get through school because I didn't want anybody to know that I had difficulty. I hadn't even heard of dyslexia. And again, people could have helped me. There was help and hope for me, but I was trying to keep those things a secret because I didn't want anyone to know that something was that wrong with me. And so I had dyslexia. That was the truth. But my false belief, the lie was that I was stupid. And again, if we look at your life, if if you were sitting with me and we were having a conversation at this table, I could go through your life and look at some of the traumatic things. And we would be able to figure out that there are some false beliefs that get attached to those things. And what transformation does is it opens up our minds and says, Lord, I want you to reveal your truth in my life. The next thing that we see in this passage is that we can choose to renew our minds with God's word. And this is why this is why we say that taking charge of your mental health is the best way to transform your life is that this passage doesn't say that if if you renew your mind you will experience mental transformation. It doesn't say that you'll just experience mental transformation. It says that you will be transformed holistically, every part of your life, but it starts with the mind. So we're saying you choose to take charge of your mental health and no matter who in your life put beliefs in your mind, you can take charge and take things out of your mind and declare something that you have thought was true for many, many years, maybe even decades, and say this is not true. So when you choose to renew your mind and you go through this process, God does something amazing. Remember those two crazy boys that I was talking about earlier, the takedown? Well, one day I got home from work and I, I shut the door. And as, as the door shuts, I hear this blood curdling scream. And, I, you know, you, you know your kids and you know who it is. And I, I knew it was my second son. And he says, give it back, give it back. So I'm following the scream, and I knew it had to be my older son, Paxton. So I said, Paxton, I just made my voice deep, authoritative. Paxton, whatever you took from him, give it back as I'm walking to the stairs. And as I'm going up the stairs, Paxton is coming down the stairs. And I said, buddy, whatever you took from him, you give it back. This might, not, this might not be what they taught you at the parenting workshop yesterday, last week, but this is what I was doing. This is the best I could do at the time. I was tired. I said, whatever you took from him, you give it back. And he looks at me with a sly smile. Have you ever seen a sly smile from your kid? It's like almost like one of those weird suspense films. He's like, I didn't take anything. Because I know what his lying face looks like. You know what your kid's lying face is. It wasn't a lie. It was like he was telling me the truth. I'm like, okay. Huh. So I went up the stairs and my second son, Pierce, is on his knees 
and he's holding his arm and he's crying to the point. I don't know if you remember some of those cartoons that we grew up on, but the tears are coming out. Like just, <laughs> I got down on my knees and I said, buddy, what happened? I didn't understand it either. So let me interpolate. I said, buddy, you got to take a few breaths. I want to understand you, but I can't, I don't know what you're saying to me. He's like, we were playing Transformers. And Paxton hit me on the arm and he said, I took your strongness. So he's holding his arm. I'm like, in his mind, his strongness is gone. I'm like, dude, of course, keep crying, man. To lose one's strongness has to be bad. And, and so I stayed there and I'm like, my life is a sitcom. This is, I'm like, little homeboy of here was not lying. He didn't take anything. So I said, buddy, listen, looking at Paxton, I'm like, I'm coming for you next, boy. I said, Paxton doesn't have the power to take your strongness. I said, and you, I have a nickname for him because we're Mexican and uh, every Mexican needs an Italian nickname. I was like, you are the strongest Piercimo I know. And he looks at me like, I don't feel strong. My arm hurts. I said, buddy, and if you wanted to, you could still transform. I can't make this up. He says, I can't. I can't. It hurts. It hurts. I'm like, buddy, I know it does hurt, but you can still transform. Paxton didn't take your strongness. And his head was still down. And I didn't know what to do. I'm like, that's all I got, you know? Clinical psychology and counseling master's degree, and that's it. Then the idea came to my head, and so I just went. That's the, that's the best imitation of the transformer noise. And he looks at me and goes. So I was like, okay, it's working a little bit. It got his head up. Like. And all of a sudden, he's like. And he's like, I'm healed. Silly story, serious truth, my friends. You've experienced real pain, right? Okay, real pain. Trauma over here, but in the midst of trauma, that's Satan's best. I'm not comparing my son to Satan. I would never do that. That sounds like horrible parenting. But what Satan does is in the midst of the pain, he will plant this lie. And both the lie and the truth get digested in your mind at the same time. And you know what? Your pain is real. But the lie is false. Satan doesn't have the power to take your strongness away. He doesn't have the power to keep you from transformation. 
If you will offer yourself as a living sacrifice and if you will surrender, you will be able to be transformed by the renewing of your mind with his truth. I wasn't this random guy coming and telling my son that he still had his strongness. I was his father. I don't know all that you've been through, but I know a lot of what people can go through. And I've seen, I've been doing this too long to see someone that God can't transform. I don't know if he will heal you from a mental illness. I don't know if all your issues will go away, but transformation is still possible. That's the beauty of it, is it doesn't say anywhere, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind unless you have a mental disorder. Because then I wouldn't have it. I still have diagnosable mental illness. But this is a different process that God makes available to us through his word. And this is what it says in verse 2. At the end of it, it says, after that, after you're renewing your mind with his truth, with his word, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You can recognize and submit to it. I have my notes here. I had to write. I'm like, I am not allowed to preach this if I cannot fill out my own notes. I passed. So like I said before, this is not a commercial for counseling or coaching. What I'm trying to tell you is that God has something for you. And if you imagine this right now, just lock in here for a second. If you imagine... That confirmation is over here represented by zero. And 10 is over here represented by, or 10 represents transformation over here. I want you to think about if you're being completely conformed to the patterns of this world or being transformed by the renewal of your mind, where are you today on that scale? If zero is confirmation and 10 is transformation, Where are you today? And there's no shame in that. Wherever you are today, what God is saying, even if you're over here at zero, is there's an action step for you. He's providing a way. His will is good. It's pleasing and it's perfect. He is here. This church has been here to walk with you on your transformation journey, whether you're at a zero, one through five, even if you're at a 10. Because none of us will be at a 10 forever. There will be a time where Satan will find a pattern that appeals to you. But where are you today on that scale? And what would it look like a vision, what would it look like for you to be totally transformed? His will is perfect. You don't have to be perfect. His will is. And as, as, as you connect with God in worship, he will show you the next action step. He doesn't give you a hundred of them. You'll probably take a hundred in your lifetime. But I'm just saying, what's your next action step? What would move you away from the zero and towards the 10? And for some of you, it might be to take that first step and share where you are on the transformation scale with someone.
That might be in your small group, that might be your spouse, it might be a parent, it might be someone that has a lanyard on and just saying, hey, I want you to know I'm at a five today. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm also not where I know God has me to be. Some of you, that's your action step today. Others of you, I would love to walk you through a process of taking charge of your mental health with scientific tools. So we have partnered with Adventure Church, my company, Minds Connected, and you can actually sign up and walk through this process step-by-step with me. I would love to do that. And I think we have a QR code uh, where you can sign up for that. And we'll have that available tonight as well. But when you sign up for that course, it's completely free for you to walk through this process. Since I started going to counseling, I had a goal to be able to make the, the tools that I was learning personally, of all the tools that I learned in my master's degree, I wanted to make something available to everyone. And this is the content that I came up with. So you can take that at your own pace. It's a self-guided workshop that you can work through. Um, And at the very end, once you're done, it gives you a seven session Bible study that you can either do on your own or you can do with your small group. You can do with your spouse or somebody. I want to give you the science first and then I want to show you the scriptures that inspired all of it. It's actually a step number two. Number three is to show up tonight. I would love to hang out with you tonight. Tonight we have the mental health workshop. You can sign up still, I think, right? Okay. What if it was no? I mean, how awkward would that be? No, we're closed. No mas. Go watch football. Sorry. You can sign up and you can come hang out. I want to give you some practical tools. We're going to talk more about scaling. And I'm going to give you an eight-step process. I, I want you to learn how to love those in your life that might be struggling and also to ask them to love you well when you are struggling. I think it's so important to know how to do that. But the biggest thing that I want you to do right now is I want you to stand up with me and I want to pray for you. Because these are three good action steps, but I don't know what God is speaking to you. Some of you, it might be signing up with a counselor. Some of you, it might be signing up with a small group. I don't know what action step the Holy Spirit is whispering in you. And I just want us to take a moment and I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to sing this song. Let's pray. Jesus, we surrender to you, God. It all starts with surrender. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. It's only in your presence, God, only when we're connected to you, that you impart truth, Lord. I pray that the patterns of this world would be exposed. We'd be able to recognize what those are and choose to move away from them. Lord, we are going to hear stories of transformation because of what you started during this series. You are working, Lord. We have some action steps here, God, but you speak right now. In this moment and through our worship time, Whisper the action step. What is it that we're supposed to do? It might be like me going for my first counseling session. It might be joining a group. It might be opening up for the first time. 
But Lord, you're so faithful and you're so good that you make it doable. Empower my friends. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.